knocked it off to Will Coleman for the tomahawk. Oh, oh, my. Will Coleman off the run. He dominated on the court. Now he brings his talent to the microphone. Welcome to the Will Coleman Show, a Bluff City Media audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone is the big man himself, Will Coleman. Now, let's get to the show. What up? Hey, listen. I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know. Is Listen, it's been a minute, okay? That's completely my fault. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely sorry about that. But listen, I got, I got plenty to talk about. Well, it wasn't completely your fault. I mean, I, I, I okay, I, I, okay, all right, all right, I'll take, I'll take, I cannot, can I take seventy percent? I'm gonna of the blame. Listen, let me tell you what. Can I just be? Let me go behind the scenes with okay, everybody. I'm with it. Let's do it. And just kind of give some insight into sometimes, sometimes you make mistakes, man. Yeah. And so we were headed to. Christian and I spent an entire weekend with Mason Dashiel over in Fort Worth, and oh, we were yeah. uh, watching and covering the Tigers win the AAC tournament. Man, it was such a good weekend. Um, coming home, everybody's excited. <laughs> Will Coleman shows up to the studio, records this banger episode. Banger. <laughs> I mean, a killer episode. And I'm like, you know what, Christian – we're leaving tomorrow, the day after Will films his episode. I'm going to need you to drive so I can edit Will's episode in the car as we're headed to Columbus for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> and what did I do? I left everything at home. I left my hard drive. I left. <laughs> and so I'm texting Will going, bro, I am so sorry. So that to me is like at least worth 70% of the blame 70? coming okay. to me okay. because okay. you filmed the right. episode. Okay. You were here and I dropped the ball. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I'll take it. We'll go 70, 30. Okay. It's like, it's like you get the ball in the paint, right? Mm-hmm. You're in the post up position and you got people are telling you, Hey man, watch out for the cutters. Watch out for the guys. Just get the ball out of the paint. If you're double teamed to get the ball to the open man, and right. you did that and you delivered a perfect pass. <laughs> <laughs> to a guy cutting down the middle of the lane. Uh, okay, I get it. I and get I'm it. the guy cutting down the middle of the lane, and the ball smacks me in the face <sighs> and goes out of bounds, and you Dang. miss out on your assist. Dang. I ruined your stat line, bro. Uh, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. That's all right. Well, we gonna bounce back. That's that's what that's what great teams do. This is what we do, man. We bounce back. But look. So much to talk about. And I feel like, I, but I, 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 again, there's a lot to talk about, but I'm going to stick, you know, I'm going to stick to, I got, I got some things on my mind, but, I, you know, first and foremost, I want to, I want to talk to you, you know, a little bit, Kenny. Um, I'm here. I'm if here. If you, if you, let's just, I know we, we, we got some great momentum going into next season and I think that's great, but. I never got a chance to really address it. But yeah. if you had to grade mm. Penny's 2022-2023 season, what would you give it? Obviously, F being the lowest, A plus yeah. being the greatest. Man, oh gosh. I mean, obviously, great is, you know, A plus great. I would not give him an A plus great grade. Um, I think we have to put it into the uh, – 
into the mindset of of what did we expect as we were walking into the season. And I'm going to be frank with you, nobody really knew what to expect, right, Will? Nobody. Nobody. No, everybody thought everybody thought it was a I'm just going and as me will always be you know, I'm I'm biased, I'll say that, but also can look at the game from a, a realistic point of view. Everybody thought it was a huge dumpster fire. Ooh, excuse me. Dumpster fire come November. October, November, everybody was just kind of like, what the hell is happening right now? Yeah. What are we doing? What's going on? Well, I mean, just with the the total roster changeover, you know, the the way that the roster was just completely changed over. I think I think two things really kind of made people go, okay, maybe something interesting is going on here. And I think, number one, it was getting Frank Haith as an assistant coach. Yeah. I think because, you know, if you listen to anybody that knows basketball, they would say, man, there's no doubting Penny's ability to get players to come to the University of Memphis. Right. But it's that – it's that, uh, and no knock on him at all, but just it's that growth as a – game manager growth as a X's and O's kind of guy. And listen, man, I don't know what people think about Frank Haith, but Frank Haith is a hell of a coach. Players he gave, coach. He gave Penny the business when he was at Tulsa. Yeah, he did. You know, he had Penny had a really, really difficult time against Frank Haith coach teams. And so what did Penny go do? He he goes in and brings Frank Haith as an assistant coach. To the team, and I think that was a big deal. Yeah. I think that was a huge deal. Having a guy who has been a head coach at really, really big levels, um, you know, for years oh, was yeah. a big deal. And then also, obviously, getting Kendrick Davis out of the transfer portal, there was a there's a level of like, okay, there could be something happening here, but we just yeah. don't know. We we don't know, and and you know, you know, hindsight, playing devil's advocate, and I, I know, I, you know. Everybody wants to be on the inside looking out, but unfortunately we can't. Everybody doesn't have access to that. You know, you talk about how great Frank was and you talk about the job that he's doing, but, you know, we got Keontae bouncing. You got Frank bouncing. Right. So, I mean, that raises a lot of eyebrows for a lot of people. Now, with stuff like that surface, no one knows, but for the time being, you know, I I, I, I agree with you. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll say – I'll give I'll give my guys maybe a if possible maybe a a a B plus plus. Yeah. No, I mean I think I think if we're taking a step back from the year, I think you can say a high B plus, low A minus type of year because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they definitely, I mean, played a much tougher schedule this the non conference schedule this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Came out of it looking really, really good. Mm hmm. They went into the conference schedule. They had a couple of moments where they had you know, two two-lane losses. They had a loss to UCF where they were up by 11 with, you know, a minute and something on the, on the clock. Yeah. Lost that game. Um, but there was one of the things that I think we all saw with this Tiger team this entire year is while they might not be the most talented team, this is probably one of the tougher – this is the toughest team that Penny has had. Yeah. And, and so, I think – I think – the AAC tournament championship mm -hmm. was the icing on the cake for Tiger fans. Oh, man. Oh, man. That weekend, I know, listen, again, it's my fault. You've already talked about this on the podcast. That That is one of those episodes that's going to live in infamy forever. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to see it. 
for all for all of the Will, the lady Will Coleman fans out there, he was shirtless the entire time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm joking, um, but you've already talked about it. But kind of give your thoughts again, man. What was that AAC tournament like for you? That thing was. It's almost like it was nostalgic, man. Yeah, it was. What next? Yeah, I mean, on paper, on paper, it say the form only sit about eighteen thousand, right? Maybe nineteen. But I promise you, I'm surprised nobody didn't call the fire department. We we most def broke some codes that game, or just the, the tournament, man. Because it was, I bet it was twenty plus in there. It had to be. It had to be, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if some folks snuck in there. I mean, it was. Yeah, I, I say it once and I say it again. Since Penny has been here, this past year was his best team he has ever put together. And to be honest with you, I, I'm excited. You know, like I said, Penny has reloaded him, and, and and he, you know, he reloaded the clip. He got some firepower coming in, but I just don't know if he'll have another. I mean, that team. He may be able to top that team, but that team he had. Everybody was locked in. Everybody was glued in. Everybody was there for one another on that floor. The players loved each other. You never got so much as a peep out of that out of that team, out of that organization about the players bumping heads. Everybody on that court was truly, truly happy for one another. And it showed on the basketball court. And I think the city of Memphis, I, the nation, I think the nation saw it. Yeah, yeah. And I just... You know, those guys. If I, I take it back, I go A minus. I said B plus plus, I go A minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think let me ask you this? So obviously, you know, they came out of the the AAC championship and we actually did an interview. Christian Fowler with Bluff City Media did an interview with Kendrick Davis a few days ago. And he talked about one of the things that he regrets is that he that he felt like the team, the players, were they they kind of reveled in that that AAC tournament win a little longer than they should have. And that's what caused them to come out and play flat in that first round in the NCAA tournament against FAU. What were your thoughts on, on, on that? Do you, do you buy that? Do you think that's kind of what happened? That, or? that, that could happen. That could happen. You know, coach Pastner used to always tell us, you know, it's, it's sort of in the same neighborhood under the same umbrella, but coach Pastner used to always tell us never read your own newspaper clippings. Never, never read your own newspaper clippings yeah. because something like that could happen. You know, if I come off a basketball game and I just put up a double-double and then I walk into the next game thinking, you know, I got the juice and it backfire and I play like crap and it's just all downhill from there, that could 100% happen. Just like, you know, a team could very easily get looked over after, you know, you, you, you got one team on the docket, but then you're looking past that team to play another team I mean, stuff like that can happen if you if you sit if you sit and like you said, relish in something way too long, you'll forget the task at hand. And the ACC, the, I mean, excuse me, the AAC was cool, but that NCAA tourney was what we needed to be focused on. Now, a lot of people had a lot to say, but anybody that, I mean, anybody that watched basketball or really know basketball. Like, you know, fans can sit there and watch it and say what they want, but anybody that really, really watched basketball would have seen, not at that time, but would have seen throughout that tournament that FAU was a damn good basketball team. Are you a, are you a, a proponent of basketball math? 
where there's some Tiger fans that are out there saying, man, if they had just beat FAU, they would have been in Final Four? Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you what FAU did that we didn't do. They took it one game at a time. One game at a time. They, yeah. they, you could, they played like they were focused on the task at hand, and it showed. They played together. They played poised. They played under control. And my boy, I made a comment about it on Twitter. My guy that I said looked like Bobby Schmurter. I forget his name. Number John L. Davis. Yes. It's a beast. Killer. 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 And, and they're I, bringing them all back. Man. And, and, get, and they're coming to the AAC next year. Yeah. So that's going to be a good good rivalry to have coming off of, you know, the stint we just had. Let me ask you a question. I, It's difficult. I played basketball for a while. Um Never to the level that that Kendrick Davis and Malcolm Dandridge have. Never, mm-hmm. obviously, never to the level that you've played. Being in the arena and seeing the meltdown that happened on the sideline between the two of them, um, you've been a part of teams that have had those kinds of teammate interactions mm-hmm. that feel. You know, those statements that have come out from the team since then has been that, you know, two competitive guys wanting to win. And I'm going to be frank with you, Will, being in the arena and seeing – I don't know what you saw on the TV. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much they showed of it on the TV. Mm -hmm. It felt very different. I mean, it was a utter meltdown on that sideline that lasted for a good 30 to 45 seconds to maybe to a minute long Mm -hmm. where everybody – was going at each other. Um, Frank Haith was physically going after Malcolm Dandridge. Kendrick Davis physically going after Malcolm Dandridge. Um, Jaden Hardaway and uh, I forgot, maybe Alex were getting into it with each other. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, it was a wild scene. It was, yeah. After it got done, I looked at Christian and I said, yeah, I think that's it, man. Like, yeah. I think that's the game. Did you – You've been a part of these teams where things like this have happened that and it doesn't derail a game or derail a season, but do you do you feel like that was a little bit different of a situation? Yeah, because it, it was the it was the time it was happening. Because before that went down, before that went down, man, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think someone, if I can't recall, someone someone may have blown an assignment and with the game on the line. What, it was like a minute left? A minute and some change, maybe? I can't remember exactly how much time, but it was a very crucial moment in that game. Right. And when you have guys break down and blow assignments at crucial points in the game, you're going to respond to it one of two ways. You either going to, you know, respond to it, step up, you know, put it, you know, get it back in the road and and handle your business, or you're going to fall apart. And... I just think at that moment, knowing what was on the line and knowing what had happened, you know, guys may have freaked out. Do you think that because I, you know, I think there was might have been, and I might be totally wrong on this. I think there might have been like four or five minutes left in the game when that happened. Okay, all right. So there was plenty of time for the Tigers to to kind of make up for it, Um, but there was, you know. It felt like once that happened, well, number one, it caused Penny to take Malcolm off the floor mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. Yeah. 
um, which I think is a big deal because you see how they ended up losing that game on a pretty easy. If you had a six foot eleven big man in the paint who can challenge at the rim, probably alters that layup that ends yeah. up losing the game yeah. with seven seconds left. Um, but there was a there's quite a few blown assignments after that too that I wonder if that was a result of just the team that was just the beginning. You know, you know that was just the beginning, and, and people don't understand. Like, I hear what you're saying, which is true. Four to five minutes left in the game, and that's plenty of time to to, to edge a comeback or to make some things happen or to get back right. But people, what was the momentum like? Because if something like that happens and it's like the gas is just sucked out of your arena, it ain't gonna matter what you do because. That momentum is is gonna happen. I, I saw it. I, man, I can't remember which game I was watching the other day. I think the, I think the, shoot, man, I think the Warriors were playing maybe the Pelicans. I can't remember. This was this was a couple weeks ago. Warriors was down like 15, 20. Draymond Green, and this happens. This has happened. I've seen this happen to me multiple times in person, and I've seen it on TV. Draymond Green. His team, the gas is gone. They're getting demolished. So all of a sudden, Draymond Green picks up like two techs and a foul within like 30 seconds. Or excuse me, a tech and two fouls because you get them two techs, you're gone. A tech and two fouls. And like all of a sudden, Golden State comes alive. They come back and they just stomp the Pelicans. Now, same thing could happen. You know, in any collegiate game or the game we're talking about, you know, the Tigers versus FAU, if the momentum is gone... You're done. The momentum was gone in that yeah, game. Yeah, if 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 it's you know we we did so it and it becomes not demoralizing, but it kind of is like you know you start second guessing yourself if you go up on a team and then they're just slowly clawing their way back. You know, it, it just makes it seem like, oh man, like what are we doing? Like what is happening? Yeah. Like what what are what, what are we doing wrong? Why can't we do it right? This team just won't go away. Right. And that shows resilience on one team and then the other, you know, you kind of, you know, want to know what's going on. But basketball is a game of runs it is, and stuff man. like that happens. Yep. Well, obviously that was a massively disappointing. I mean, cuz you felt like you felt like the the Sweet 16 was there for the taking cuz they, you know, we were in the arena the game before that Memphis FAU game where um as a fairly Dickinson had beat Purdue in the first round, 16 versus a one. Um, and so you feel like, Hey man, you know, they're going to beat FAU. Then they're going to come out and they're going to play fairly Dickinson. and They're going to beat them. And then it was making plans to go to Madison square garden <laughs> and play the university of Tennessee volunteers. Let me tell you something. Is that the biggest game? Would that have been the biggest game of Penny Hardaway's career? 100%. That's <laughs> been wild, Because they right? ducked us the first time. They ducked us the first time. I'm just going to, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm they, just, as a Tiger fan, they ran from us. They, listen, I was walking into the arena, the Bridgestone <laughs> Arena in Nashville when they canceled the game, and it was because 70% of the Tigers were out with COVID. They had gotten tested that day. That's us, man. You, I'm not gonna, you know, get yeah, into let's that not too, get into that. You know, yeah. it's a lot of stuff that yeah. people, politics. I, I ain't gonna get into it, but <laughs> in my mind, they ran from us, anyways. Anyways, if we would have got up 
And if we if we would have got to the point to where we was playing Tennessee, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this right now. I don't know how I would have got up there. I don't. I I mean, I don't. I would have had to sell something. Maybe even my body. I'd have credentialed you, man. But I would have gotten you up there, bro. I would have got up there. Listen, I had no clue Ooh. you wanted you. Listen, next year you're coming with us. Next year you're with us, bro. I was trying the day before. I tried. And you, number one, it was too late a notice for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, man, it was so frustrating. I wish, man. I would have had a lot of fun. We would have had a blast. That would have been a blast. But let's move. Hey, listen, man. This is is a few months ago, about a month ago. We can move on. Yeah, we can. I I genuinely, I think that Penny said it in the post game of of that FAU game. He said, man, I know now what it takes. And yeah, and I think that I think there's a level of confidence that he has reached as a coach now mm-hmm. that is going to project him and his Memphis Tiger team in the future towards higher heights. And I think yeah. you're starting to see where he's going, what he's trying to do. And he has been. Can we just say this, Will? There is no question anymore about the kind of player that Penny can bring to the he there are play he can get players to come to the University uh, of Memphis. He, he, he can get them. He 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 showed he has shown and proven he can get guys in here. Now, you know, there's a lot of conversation after that. Will he be able to, to develop them? Will he be able to get them to the next level? There's so many things that come after, but like you said, to, like there's no doubt that Penny Hardaway can get guys to this school, to this city, and make it happen. And he has reloaded and things are rolling. And and you can see, you know, with the with the commits, the hard commits, and the signed players, he 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 getting after it. He's getting after it. Who have you? Who are you? Um, of the guys, so he has a class of right now six incoming freshmen. I, actually, right now it's five. Right. Um, Tyler Johnson, um, starting point guard, um, up in. Um, I think he's in New York. Maybe not New York. New, New Jersey. New Jersey, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, has not um, officially signed a, a national letter of intent. Um, there are questions about whether or not he's going to be able to qualify, unfortunately. Right. Um, but, you know, he's got those five guys that have signed, that are hard signees that have that have signed that are coming um, in a part of this freshman class. Yeah. But he's been extremely active in the transfer portal. He had last weekend – Four guys show up to visit, and three committed. Batting seven fifty, baby. What do you? What? Are, who are? Who have you seen that you're like, man? This is a guy I'm extremely interested in seeing put on a Memphis Tiger uniform next year. Man, big fella, we just signed Pierre. Bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm amped. I'm amped to see him get after it. Like I'm really amped to, to watch him just get here and start hooping. Dude, he was five foot nine as a sophomore in high school. Graduated high school six foot two, and in one calendar month, thirty days, six foot seven. Yeah, that's. And now he's six foot ten. And doctors are saying he's going to be a seven footer before I mean, he finishes growing. Seven feet playing a three to two. Have you seen his game? Have you seen? Man, I just 
I, man, I, 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 I have no words. I have no words. I have no words. I just, I'm excited to see what happens. You know, he's going to be a freshman. You know, it's going to be a learning curve, things like that. But I'm excited to see him get in here and make things happen because, I mean, he got the metrics that sounds like a monster. Yeah. So I'm 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 seeing I'm I'm excited to see if it's all you know applicable. Well, there's and, you know and, you know one of the things he talked about is the as he grew so quickly. I mean, imagine growing. Did you ever? What was your biggest growth spurt? I mean, were you probably, always big? Or probably were, yeah, middle school. Um, I probably in like a year, year and a half. I probably went from about six three to about six six. I guess. I mean, that's not really that big, but. It's kind of a normal one, right? Yeah. He went in in thirty days, grew five six inches. Yeah, that's that's kind of bananas. Right? And that's painful, right? Yeah, like you remember having those growth spurt yeah, growing pains yeah, like the that? Knees and everything. Knees and just, ankles and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's painful now. It hurts. And he's and so that's that's kind of what you know. He came out of out of high school, and you hear these stories all the time about kids not. You know, kids kind of getting overlooked and having like two, yeah. three D one offers and taking that offer and going. He had one offer, and it was a D two college in South Florida, Nova Southeastern. Yeah, and he struggled his first year, didn't play much because he was still growing, um, and had to figure out his game because he had played guard his entire life. And all of a sudden now is six foot nine. So you know he got the handles. And Man. so that's what he talked about. He we actually just did an interview with um he did an interview um that dropped last night with uh Christian Fowler and he talked about that like how that that God given height that he was given that his guard skills translated over. Yeah. Which is why you see the way he plays now. He's incredibly unselfish, can handle the ball, and shot forty percent from three point line. Unicorn dog. Man. Unicorn, and, and that says, and let me tell you something about that forty percent. So obviously, this guy coming from where he come from, he the man, right? All these guys are are the man. When you coming from the school you come from, let me. I just I can't emphasize enough. This guy is you know a senior. He the man at his school, so he getting up majority of the shots. He's putting up majority of the shots that's going through this offense. He the go getter. He the bucket getter. Like, so so majority of this offense is blowing through him. And if you're telling me he getting majority of those shots and 40% are coming from three, you know he can knock it down. Yeah. And you know he can knock it down. Yeah. So I think, you know, us having a shooter has been, you know, we've waited long and long right. for this. <laughs> so I think, I think this is going to be something that that's very jubilous, if you will. And I think this is something that Tiger fans can be very excited about. Yeah, I agree. I, I think obviously Jonathan Pierre is a, just a, you know, is he, is, what's his talent? Like, what's he going to look like on the floor, you know, mm -hmm. coming from a D2 college to a high level division one where he's not going to be head and shoulders talent wise above everybody else. Right. Um, You know, how, how will his game game translate? And I think for me, you know, there's there's a couple of things that are translatable no matter where you play ball, and that's your your height, mm -hmm. your ability to shoot, and just that that winning culture. Yeah, he was sixty seven and one in two years at Nova Southeastern. They won, they lost one game, bro. Thirty four and zero last year, winning the D two national championship. 
at Nova Southeastern this year. And I mean, so there's, there's definitely some excitement there. Right. Have you given, have you been able to see much about this, uh, TFL Leonard kid that's coming from MTSU? I haven't, man. I haven't, I haven't, I've, you know, just been kind of, I've been, and you know, you know, chewing up bits and pieces, Yeah. you know, I guess someone that has a show probably should let fans know what you watch and see, but I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like, man, I don't, I, I've gotten to a point to where I want to see what's going on when it happens because, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's very easy to put, you know, expectations on somebody right. and then, you know, they right. come out and it's not what you expect. And then everybody's just kind of like, well, you said, you, you know, and I get people will do that sometimes, but I'm kind of curious to see what happens when it happens yeah. and then get out here. And I'm like, yo, this kid right here is next level. You know what I mean? You want to see him on the floor and see what's going on first before you start giving your your thought processes on what oh, yeah. what it's going to be about. And I agree with you on that. I'm I'm the same way. I hesitate to kind of give predictions on what guys are going to do when they get here. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there just seems to be with this TFL Leonard kid. He's he's a six foot seven, uh, two hundred five pound um, wing who is extremely long, extremely athletic, mm-hmm. um, and is automatically going to come in and be a absolute game changer in terms of the defense. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Just having that length on defense and having that athleticism on defense is going to, that's going to raise a lot of hell for a lot of offensive teams. And you know, one thing that I think they should start doing, you know, I think deflections is a slept on stat. hundred percent. I think that 100% needs to be in someone's stat line. I think it shows activeness. I think it shows awareness. And I think it shows a nose for the ball when you're in the right place at the right time because you know what's about to happen. Totally agree. Um, I did that with my nephew this year. Um, First time he's ever played real competitive basketball. mm -hmm. And the stat that I made made him set a goal for and try to achieve each game was deflections. Yeah, man. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand. That's a a slept-on stat, man. Uh, So – I think a lot of people, you know, maybe the NCAA or somebody will wake up and just kind of be like, all right, let's throw this in here. Yeah. And I know the game is constantly changing and it's evolving and, and things are happening, but yeah, I think that's something that should 100% end up in a stat line is well, deflections. I mean, and I think if you look at you look at the way that Penny Hardaway has – the way his teams function, mm-hmm. he is – Clearly, clearly has a um, a very specific mindset in terms of defense and and what and how really good defense turns into offense. Right, and you can see it with the guys that he's getting in this transfer portal. Um, not only getting TFL Leonard, who is a deflection steals and blocks guy, gets. Two to three of those each game, right? Which is at six foot seven is wild. That's yeah, yeah. a that's a crazy statistic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Man. But then you look at a guy like Caleb Mills, who Tiger fans remember from Houston when he yeah. was a freshman and then coming in as a sophomore, ended up getting hurt as a sophomore and transferring to Florida State. Has spent two years at Florida State, and unfortunately, Florida State has had a couple of rough years, specifically last year. So nobody really remember. I don't think anybody really kind of 
remembers Caleb Mills for what he can do. Mm -hmm. But if you look at Caleb Mills stuff, he is a six foot five ball handler slasher can shoot when needed, but is a facilitator. And one of the things that he loves to do is he loves to pick the ball up on rebounds, deflections, whatever, and go. He's a yeah. go guy. And, 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 and a guy like that, what makes him so dangerous, everything you said makes him elite. But I think what makes him the most elite is because you find this, it's hard to find guys like this these days. He know his role. He know his role, man. Like everything you just said, it's just, it, it, it fits perfect in any kind of system. Everybody loves a good slasher. Every team needs a damn good ball handler. And everybody needs somebody who's ready to push the offense because you're going to have your wings who need to get to their spaces ready for, you know, to set up for shots or to get the offense going. Any kind of motion offense, if you got a guy that like to push the ball, you can make stuff happen. And when you have guys like that, it, it, it makes them deadly. And when you have guys who know their role, who stays in their role and plays their role, that makes – Every every coach wants a guy like that. Yeah. Every coach wants a guy like that. Then we got size on him. So, I mean, you really can't go wrong right there because he just brings so much to the table with the simple fact that he knows what he's supposed to be doing and he does it. And let's not forget, man, a part of that recruiting class coming in from high school is Mikey Williams, top 30 player in his class, six foot three, six foot two, ball handler, playmaker, shot maker. And then J.J. Taylor, yeah, big wing, a big forward who can stretch. And then let's not forget also, have you seen much of his son, Ashton? Have you seen film of him? Big and can shoot. You know, I know, I know it's real easy to get excited, and I, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. I think I'm more excited for Penny to see if he can rein this thing in and get these guys to play together and play on the same page versus watching the actual players play. I, you know what, man, I thousand percent agree with that because he got a lot of talent all across the board and you got a very dangerous spot here where you got Mikey Williams who has enough money now to pay enough grown men. They full salary for the year. I mean, it just it is what it is. Now, how will guys feel like that or feel about that? You know, you 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 never know until these guys get here because, you know, the NCAA doing that thing, ruled in favor for these guys. There's ways for these guys to make money now. You know, I'm not saying this how it will be, but what's what will happen if every time you look up, Michael Williams got to go do a photo shoot, a video shoot, throw some headphones on, shoot a commercial or something like that, and everybody else is just kind of waiting in the wings, waiting on their opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm really excited to see how Penny handles that and gets everybody on the same page. He talked about that in the post game after the FAU game. He said that there were – it took until – and you, you mentioned it earlier. We have not seen – we did not hear – um, anything like last year where Penny was very vocal about some of the issues that the locker room was having. Mm -hmm. We didn't hear about those things this year. Um, but then he said, he made this remark in the post game where he said, it took us until probably about January. And this is me kind of semi quoting him. It took us until about January to get all the guys on the same page. And he, and he was kind of 
reminiscing and saying, like wishing that he could have gotten it done quicker. And right. I wonder, like, that's what I think is exciting about how he's the guys that he's recruiting in the, in the high school and the transfer portal is that these guys are all the guys that he's getting. They are all ready to go right now. Yeah. Like there's nobody that has to sit for a waiver. Mm-mm. Nobody's having to, you know, it's, it's getting them into the, into the facility. And I'm, I'm excited. I want Penny to get them in there now. Yeah. What they, what they call them houses. When you, when you got a house on the market, it's turnkey ready. Let's go. Turnkey ready. All you got to do is get them boys off the airplane, bus, car, train, however they get to Memphis, give them their first pair of shoes, deck them out, lace them up, get the ball on the court. Let's go. Like I mean, right now. Like immediately. And, you know, I don't know what the rule is. You know, the NCAA, it's, it's, I feel like it changes every year, year to year. I don't know what's the earliest you can get guys in. But knowing what I know now, like being older and seeing how basketball works now and the world of social media and all the things, I'm making a group text now. Like, fellas, if, get to Memphis ASAP. Right. And it got to be maybe it maybe it got to be a, a Mikey Williams. You know, yeah. all these guys are hoopers, but like – just because of his current clout right now. Maybe it take a, a, a Mikey. Hey, Coach P, send me everybody's phone number right now. Hey, guys, I'm headed to Memphis on this date. I need everybody there as soon as you can get I'm there. I'm challenging every one of y'all to a run yeah. the day we get there. Yeah, man. So it got to be something. First per- if anybody, first person that can beat me in a mile run, uh, uh, anything, just – Anything, I think that's kind of fun. Five Bring out five, some, some, lace yeah. it up. Let's go. Let's just go hoop, man. Let's 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 get familiar with the city. Let's because that stuff like that. You know me. You know, like I, I speak about it all the time. But like Willie Kemp and all those guys, they were before us. The relationships that they had, those were built off the court. You know, going out, hanging out. You know, parlaying at the. You know, out and about. You know, that's you know that's how those relationships were built. Me, Wesley Witherspoon, Drew Barton, Willie Kemp was a part of that too. But like, we spent a lot of time hanging out together. Hey, y'all, let's go hit the mall. Let's ride out the Wolf Chase. Let's go get something to eat. Let's go. That continuity and that relationship and, and, and those relationships and things like that were built off the court. So if those guys can get here, hey, y'all, let's go. Let's go hit. Let's go get some barbecue. Let's hit the football game. Let's, I don't know. Let's go watch the Palm Squad. I don't just show the support for the city and the team. It'll come back tenfold, man. I I think the sooner they realize that, the better off they will be on the court. Well, I mean, if you remember the last couple of classes that Penny's had, some of the main the main focal point guys didn't commit until the week before school started. Yeah, man. They didn't get there until the week before. So there's all summer. Right. Nobody was in town. People just doing one on ones, little I workouts. That. I changed that. Yeah, that at this point. That's over and done with. Yeah. Like they got those guys. They're here. Like get them here. Yeah. They're they're signed and ready. The dotted line is there. Get them here. Yeah. Report, Let get them here ASAP. And and that that I think will do wonders for just the the mentality of the team and the guys that are a part of it. That this is not. They're not all in this alone. That they mm-hmm. got the the team right there with them. Yeah. They're all together. Yeah. Um I think that'll do that'll move that'll do wonders for this program. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Listen, we're super excited, super pumped 
about what's to come, man. Can't wait until things start to unfold for my Memphis Tigers this year. Penny has reloaded and and, and got some action-packed stuff coming in, action-packed things happening. Um, obviously, you know, it's a couple questions in on the coaching front and stuff like that, but super excited to see what unfolds. Penny has made it very clear that he has no problem getting who he wants when he wants. So, y'all, stay tuned. Stay glued. Tigers coming in big this year. I'm super excited about it. Y'all stay tuned. Coming up next, catching up with Coleman. Got a lot to talk about. Very, very expensive volleyball trip with my baby. And it raises a lot of questions about the youth and athletics and, of course, finances. So stay tuned. Coming up next, catching up with Coleman. Try that thing, let it hit. They can't hang with me, dog. It's your roster in it, bitch. Man, stop playing with me, dog. Got it rolling on my wrist. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. What's happening? Listen, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cut right to the chase here, okay? Kids expensive, dog. <laughs> Kids expensive. I mean, and 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dive into this here. You know, it's multiple things to unpack here because I'm a little flustered. My brain is kind of rattled. So. Week or two ago, you know, I'm on the docket. I'm up. I'm next. I'm lined up. My my daughter's playing some competitive volleyball. So, you know, her mom, and you know, I can't stress enough. Maybe I'll have them in here one day. Maybe her and her husband. I, who knows? Amazing relationship with these two, you know. So I'm up. I'm on the docket. It's my turn. I got to get my baby to Atlanta for her volleyball tournament. It's cool. We get there. All right. We make it happen. We drive down there. We safe and happy. Everything is good. But I just want to talk about. The, the just just everything that entailed this particular weekend. First and foremost. I want to talk about the food. At this venue. So, so we, 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 we had to, you know, the, the, the club, my baby played for the juniors, the club, we got partnerships and relationships with certain, you know, hotels, partners and stuff around, you know, these tournaments that we go to, um, for obvious reasons, but we won't dive into it, but we get there. We had the Omni. Okay. Nice hotel. Cool. But in Atlanta, where the Omni is, it's almost like that joint is like landlocked. Okay. Because you got the Omni. Then you got State Farm. Then you got Mercedes Benz. They all right here on this one like little square. So you can forget about driving in and out of there. I mean, they got parking garages and places to park down there. But the cheapest place to park over in that area is probably like $30 a day. That's the cheapest I saw for that weekend. 
Good Lord. Some was 40, some was 50. I mean, just the, just the, just the situation alone with driving th- there. So the night we get there, we show up on the night of Key Sweat and all these older guys, this, this, this concert in Atlanta. Circus. Tell me you didn't want to go to that concert. Though. I mean, I, I kind of did want to yeah, go. Yeah, I know you I did. I kind of did want to go. Sing I us a Key Sweat song. Man, let me see. Um, <laughs> that's LSG. Hold on. My body all over your body, baby. Yeah. My body all over. It's your body, baby. Then you know they got the synthesizer and all that. You know, I ain't got that in me, but I'll go see Key Sweat. He a little seasoned now. It's way before my time, but I'll go see Key Sweat. They was having a tournament. I was say a tournament. A concert. So it was a circus when we get there. So, you know, we get to our we get to our spots. We finally get some rest. We wake up. It's time to go play. We're playing, we're playing. Now, thankfully, this venue was very nice about it, okay? This venue was very nice about it. They were letting people bring outside food in. Now, let me tell you what the problem is with that. Of course, you can bring outside food in, but where that location was, you wasn't going to get any other food because it's not like you can just hop in your car and go somewhere and then come back because the traffic was horrendous all weekend. So... I didn't know that. It was my first time up there. So guess what? We got to buy food, snacks, refreshments within the venue. Within the venue. And I'm going to tell you the first time I got knocked over the head. All right? This set the tone right here. I knew it was going to be a crazy weekend when this right here happened. Baby was hungry. You know, I didn't want to buy anything because, you know, the vendors that was there. Another discussion. We'll get into that in a second. Okay, I, dog, I, a sandwich, turkey sandwich, fruit cup, parfait, chips. That's all I got. Yeah, man. That's all I got. $32. Wait. $32. Who was making these sandwiches? I, you know, I don't know. Like Gordon Ramsay set up? $32, dog. $32. So then, you know, I was like, all right, this is this is this is absolutely bananas. This is nuts. So I'm like, okay, all right, I, I bite the bullet. So then, you know, we still rolling, we hanging out. Of course, typical kid fashion. Your kid don't want nothing you bought. So you're $32 in the trash can. Come I'm sure on. I'm sure every parent can relate. You buy something, you think your kid going, I don't want this. They don't eat it. She'll take a smoothie though. So they got smoothies out there. Think it was either I think it was like a twelve ounce cup. You know they making smoothies. First off, the smoothies was very good. You know they was top notch. I really wish I I would have gotten more, but I didn't. My baby wanted a smoothie, twelve ounce cup. May have been sixteen. I don't know. I don't care. Ten dollars. <laughs> Man, ten dollars. And it's just like what. What is happening? Was there ginseng in that smoothie? I don't know what was in it, man, but it was great. It was greatly priced, too. It was greatly priced. I and I just I it was it was it was expensive, dog. It was expensive. Not to mention when you get to the turn, you gotta pay to get in. Uh, God forbid you watch your own kid play for free. I get these kids, you know, I get these venues got to pay for, they got to cover stuff. They got to pay for things. 
but this is extraordinary, man. So, you know, they get you, you know, they, they try and make you think it's a deal. Oh, you can pay 20 or you can pay 25 for one day or you can pay 90 for the whole weekend. And, you know, some clubs may not be guaranteed games the whole weekend and depending on how you lose or whatever is bracket play. But, I mean, just so a parent, uh, you know, somebody that I know or somebody that I saw met met the guy that was putting on the tournament. And first off, this I don't even know what the name of this venue was, but it was huge. I mean, it had like three concourses and every concourse, it had about 80 volleyball courts. So it was massive. I don't y'all went to State Farm, right? Oh yeah. It was connected to the Omni right across. Right, right. right, the, right. I, I don't know what that building's called, but it is massive. Yeah. So it's like a convention center. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I you know, I don't, yeah, it was nuts, man. But you paying to, to get in. And and this guy, again, this guy, we, you know, talking to people, just from registration alone, the dude that was putting on the tournament said he brought in like 900 k Right. <laughs> Bankroll. And and I don't know what he I don't know if what insurance I don't power to run the place, lights, food, vendors. I don't know how that works. This man just offered that information to you? Yeah, man. Yeah. Man might need to keep some secrets, man. Yeah, man. Um and I'm like, this is this is I get I get, you know, you gotta have exposure to, you know, the top talent things and, and stuff like that. But like, I mean, just the amount of money that you have to pay to facilitate and watch your kid play sports with the best of the best has become outrageous. I got a question for you, Will, on this. You have obviously your daughter, Charlie, she's 12. About to be 12. About May, to be 12. 12. She has, she comes from a very athletic mom and dad. Yeah. So she's very clearly got those athletic genes, mm -hmm. plays the game. She enjoys volleyball. Y'all, you two have made the decision to let her go all in on yeah. chasing this volleyball dream. Yeah. I have an 11 year old daughter. Yes. Who is, and me and you were texting about this a few weeks oh, ago, yeah. about a week ago. Mm -hmm. um, she's playing rec ball right now, rec mm -hmm. volleyball for the first time, second season. And she's trying to make the decision. Um, and I think she, because she's, she's fallen in love with the game. Mm -hmm. Um, right now she's playing rec ball practices once a week, has two game two nights a week where she plays games. Um, not a big time investment commitment, anything like that. Right. She wants to play club next year and she wants to try out for the middle school team. I know what that entails. I'm hearing it from you right now. What yeah. that entails. Yeah. How did you know? Like, should I, should that stand in the way of me letting my daughter take that next step? It, it shouldn't, man. It shouldn't. And and this, us, us having our first year doing this, our first year, um, I know, I, I know I've, I've decided to do a couple of things. One, I need to, I need to go ahead and start saving now because it get expensive because these folks travel every, every single weekend throughout right. their season. They're traveling. They're traveling. Hotels, hotel, all travel, of it, all of it, all of it. Tournament expenses, yeah, all of it, man. And like, I'm gonna tell you the ultimate hack right here. I, I, I nominate myself because I'm a cheap ass anyway. 
Like I, I, I don't, I, I like, I will squeeze and pinch every penny I got. That's just, I learned a lot, you know, after COVID and, and, and stuff like that. I, I will hold on to every single red cent I got. And I'm telling you this right now, I 100%, I'm signing up. I'm team dad next year. If we do this again, I'm team dad. Wow. I'm the team dad. Cause I'm, I'm telling you, I'm couponing my ass off. I'm, I'm Costco. I'm, I'm all over the place right. with it because you can save so much more money if you figure out and plan your trips because I think this is everybody's first year on the team we're playing with and everybody's like, let's go out to eat. Let's go do this. Let's hit this spot. Let's hit this spot. You're and like, where's the, back, the dollar menu? Right, at? right, right, right. And I'm like, look, man, I get it. You know, I've, I've learned over time, learned hard ways and easy ways that – I will. I very well need to act my wage a lot of the times, and I have no problem telling people, "Look, hundred percent, I ain't got the funds for this, dog." Yep. I ain't, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say. I ain't got the ends for this. And I've run into a couple moments like that just over the past weekend. But like, if you sign up to do something like this, I'm telling you, having a team dad that sit down, or just somebody in general, team mom, team dad, sit down and plan this stuff out. You could save so much more money because I'm watching other teams, parents together in the lobby. You know, you have your team bonding events and stuff like that. I seen one team in the lobby playing sorry checkers. Uh, I may have saw chess out there, but they got Panera. They got cost. They got the snacks. They got the food, all of that to where they didn't even have to leave the hotel because people don't understand like right now, it's fun. But if you get to this level, especially as a parent right. and you spending all this money, every athlete that know if they want to be elite, it ain't no such thing as fun. Work. It's because what we're playing for, we're playing for bid to go to nationals. We're playing for a bid to go to nationals in Minnesota. And we only got one more opportunity, and that's a tournament in town next weekend. It's in Cordova. It's a home tournament, so I, you know we won't have to travel this time. But we only got one more chance. And you can't keep screaming, let's have fun, let's have fun, let's have fun. Because I'm a competitor, man. And I'm not saying other Ooh. parents aren't. I'm a competitor. And if we traveling all over the country to play volleyball and we getting our head beat in every week after spending all this money to travel. At some point, you got to go, yo, yeah, this like, ain't worth it, man. What, what's up, man? Are we going to – there's – I, and I can see it, and I get it. It's a fine line because you got you got eleven, twelve year old girls who've never played the sport. They do want to have fun. They want to they, they want to be with their friends. But there's one particular girl on Charlie's team. Her dad's a coach for the organization. There's one particular girl who is just diehard volleyball, and you can see it on her face when something go wrong. She upset if something don't go right. She look like she almost about to cry when something is off. She upset. Everybody else just kind of shit. It's okay. It's okay. They hug, laugh, giggle, stuff like that. And she's ready to tear heads off. Huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I and I get it. I understand, especially with her dad. Her dad apparently her dad's a nationally ranked volleyball coach. Right. Um. And so she she lives and breathes it. And if something doesn't go right, she's upset. Right. So I I get where it comes from. But if you end up doing this next year, come see me because I'm gonna give you. I'm, I'm going to give you all the game to save you all the money, man. All right, I got a question. So so this is this is my conundrum as well. Like I'm in a bad spot, man, because like I'm a I'm a competitor too. 
and I am <clears throat> I am of the mindset of if you're going to play, you better play your hardest uh, yeah. at all oh, times. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so I have to recognize that my daughter is playing <clears throat> in rec ball. So there's girls that are just trying to figure out if they want to play the game or not. And it's very difficult for me, man. Like I was texting you about it and I was just like, it is so frustrating to watch the same girls do the same, have the same bad habits every single game. Yeah. How do you negotiate that competitive juices within you flowing? Because like, listen, for people that don't understand it, as somebody who's played high level division one sports, professional basketball, you're a competitor. Everybody knows that when it's your kid out there, it is like an extension of you. Yeah. And you get just as competitive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. How have you, how have you navigated being that encourager, but also saying, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I, I let her know. I ask her, I ask her, continue. I continue to ask her. I continue to ask her, are you, do you want to play? Do you want to play? Do you, you know, and I ask, do you love volleyball? Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you like it? And just kind of reassure her through questions that I ask, because if you're going to do this, then you need to make it because she could be great. You know, 11 years old, 5'9", got the height, got the athleticism. But I, I have to let her know, like, your, 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 your parents are specimens. You know, this, you don't, you don't, you know, your mom, athletic freak, great dancer, palm dancer, all the things, tore it up in school, won national championships on the dance circuit. Your dad played a lot of basketball, high-level basketball, stuff like that. So it's, you, you got it in you. But at some point, you're going to have to decide if you really want to do this or not because. Because now it's, now it's not just a, hey, find your way. It's you're finding your way as I'm shelling out a yeah, yeah. shit yeah. ton of money. Yeah. And like, so we were watching these girls play. Let me tell you something, man. We wa- these were 16-year-olds we went to watch. Dog. These look like grown women. Like, I'm talking just athletic, bouncy, over the net, spiking the ball. I mean, it was insane, man. It just don't, you I, I you know, I, I, you can't, you can't take it for granted, man. You can't take it lightly because if you do, you will get embarrassed. Right. Embarrassed. And, and I let her know that. And that's something that she got to pay attention to because everything falls into play. The way you play, the way you you, you, you get into that age to where sleep is important. Yep. Your nutrition is important. Things are important. So you need to, you need to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And, 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 and speaking of nutrition, man, I'm so, I, listen, these venues, they got the kids playing and all, you know, all day volleyball, all day, all day, all day, kids, pizza. Fried rice, chicken tenders, soda, stuff like this. And, and then it's really messed up when venues don't allow you to bring in outside food, but you want to serve hot dogs, chicken tenders, and pizza to kids who on their feet all day playing volleyball. 
Get them with sugar, man. Ply them with sugar so they crash. I, I just, man, oh, man. You just, somebody that got to perform. Sunday before my, Saturday, the day before my daughter, she had a three-day weekend this past weekend in Dallas. She played, I think she played five matches Saturday alone. When you got five matches of volleyball, and then they forced the girl. Well, I ain't gonna say they forced them because it sound bad. Because there apparently there's a sort a shortage in referees throughout the sport. Right. The children have to help ref the games. Crazy. So you up for an hour playing a volleyball game. Then after you play, you got to stand to be a line judge, and then you got to get right back out there to play. And in between time, you mean to tell me the only thing they can eat is fried food and pizza? Hey, it ain't good, man. I, I don't. I, something got to shake. Something got to change. You know. I, I, I just there's there's a lot I'm venting about. It just for someone that's invested and I love watching. I'm a huge fan. I got threatened to get thrown out multiple times because I'm screaming and yelling. As a, and it, it it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I'm understanding and learning the game so I can enjoy it more. But I'm also complaining a lot more because I know what's going on. Right. So refs are kind of like you need to sit down. You need to back up. Or you need to leave. But again, I'm just competitive, you know. But as it as it as as you get older, and then don't don't mess around and find a dad on the opposite team that's loud as you. Cause then you go, it's gonna turn into a screaming match. Then it might turn into <laughs> a little something, 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 something. <laughs> this is gonna turn into a screaming match. And the next thing you know, Will's all over TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's it's you know, you're gonna be trying to outscream the other dad and Oh my god. Yeah. I had a lot of fun, but let me tell you, if you decide to get into competitive or club volleyball next year, let me know. I will. I'm giving you all the nuggets. Man. Hey, and this is for anybody that's watching. Let, man. Anybody. This yeah. is hey, this is entirely relatable to the audience that watches your stuff, Will, because it, we're all dealing with this stuff. Yeah, man. And it, and it's that's it's across the board now. Baseball, basketball. Um, volleyball. I, I don't care if you're in a professional hopscotch competition. They're gonna find a way to overcharge you for interest and that and, and entrance and that sidewalk chalk. I, I don't care what it is. It's getting astronomical, it's getting out of hand. We need to fix it. We need to fix it. Anyways, thank y'all for coming to my TED Talk. That's a good TED Talk. Hey, <laughs> listen, that's a good TED Talk. Thank you for right coming there. to my TED Talk, man. We're about to get into, you know. One of my favorite segments, man, the Bluff City Badass. You know, it's a it's an award. You know, once we get to that point, you know, I, there's a lot of things I want to do with this segment. Maybe uh, a T-shirt, a gift certificate, maybe a case of beer. I, I don't know, but I want to figure something out that's doable, shippable to 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 people that I nominate. Um, but this week's Bluff City Badass, I want to give it to Charlie's mom, Miss Raffi Hendricks, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um. Again, I, I will preach on it till I'm blue in the face because it's hands down my biggest blessing, the relationship I have with her and her husband and the way we we co-parent. But the reason I give it to her is because she 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 there was, an, there was a moment in time where she made me extremely uncomfortable last weekend or the, the two weeks ago when I was in Atlanta. So as a dad, I'm slowly learning about hormones and preteen females, okay? So we get to Atlanta last Friday or two Fridays ago, and my daughter is low, low, low. Energy's low. Don't want to speak to anybody. Don't want anybody to say anything to her. Just puts on her headphones and goes to sleep. So immediately 
I'm freaking out. What did I do? What happened? Did I say something? So I freak out and I text her mom. Now, Charlie loves her mom. Is just just team mom right now. And I understand that and that's okay. So obviously I'm, you know, in the back of my mind, well, let me let me let me reach out to her mom because I'm I'm sure she knows what's going on. Um and her mom tells me, figure it out. Not as in like leave me alone, but you're her dad. And stuff like this is going to happen, and you're going to have to learn to deal with it. I'm not going to always be there with y'all hanging out or if something is going wrong. You need to get uncomfortable and you need to talk with your daughter and figure out what's going on. And it wasn't a a, a malicious text. It wasn't an ugly conversation. She wasn't screaming. She was genuinely wanting me and letting me be a dad and have a hard conversation with my kid because... I I fear that this is only the beginning. My daughter's 11. You know, she's getting older. Her mood is starting to change. Her body is starting to change. Things are happening. And, And the emotions come with it. And so the fact that her mother gave me the opportunity or or really forced me to figure things out on my own as a dad is something that I'm extremely grateful for. And just, just period. The relationship we've all built and the ability and, and, and the, and the, the length or the jurisdiction, if you will, however you want to call it, the fact that she lets me be a dad to my kid is something that I'm extremely grateful for. So, this week, Ms. Raffi Hendricks, you and your husband both are Bluff City badasses this week. I'm extremely grateful for you two, extremely happy, extremely over the moon in, in, in all things when it comes to co-parenting and the relationship that we have raising this young lady. I can't thank you enough. Extremely appreciative. Looking forward to many, many more moments and opportunities to where we face hardships and adversity in raising a beautiful young lady together. Ladies I, and gentlemen. I knew got? this was coming. <laughs> I knew Raffi was going to get the Bluff City bat. Listen, I saw the Instagram. She said, yo, what's going Listen. on here? That's a that's crazy, though, Will. Like, I'm, I feel like as you're talking through this, I'm like sitting here going, oh, my God. Like, this is <laughs> – this is me too right now. Yeah. Right? Like can't rely on mom to always step in Man. and try to figure things out. And it's, it's as you're, as you're, especially when they're daughters, man, like it is, it is a crazy experience being a, an involved dad yeah. to a growing daughter who's going through those very oh, same yeah. things. Oh, right. Yeah. So kudos to you for not for not um shying away from it. Yeah. So not only is not only is Raffi and her husband Bluff City badasses, but I would also say as an honorary member of this podcast, you sir Man. are a Bluff City badass for <sighs> being willing to engage because it would be so easy just to be like I'm not 
listen, yeah, man. I don't have those hormones. Those things aren't flowing through my body. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it. There's plenty of dads that wouldn't be willing to dive into it. So congratulations, yeah. man. And it was tough. And even, even when I did decide to talk to her, when we did talk, she, she let me know once I had to pry a little bit, I didn't want to make her uncomfortable. So I let her, I let her, you know, I let her come into her own and decide when she wanted to come talk. And I just let her know, Hey, I'm here. Whenever you want to talk, I'm, I'm here. So she slept on it. But when we woke up, she let me know straight up, Dad, I was the way I was last night because you're here. And during the matches on Friday, you know, you were kind of all over the place. You were in your phone. I just felt like you weren't here. I felt like you oh, weren't wow. paying attention. Wow. And you bet your ass. Them next two days. Man, what? I put my phone in my pocket. It didn't come out the pocket, It did didn't it? come out the pocket at <clears throat> all. Listen. At all. <clears throat> the fact that, listen, man, like, and that is something that I have tried to do with. It, is, it would be so easy, man, like, for all the single dudes out there. Like, it would be so easy. It, it's so easy to, like, shut those kinds of conversations out. Oh, yeah. Like, to shut those down before they even start. Oh, yeah. But to be somebody who your daughter or your daughter's mom, who you are in a very close relationship with, can come to you and have those kinds of like heavy, hard conversations where yeah. they're calling you out and saying, Hey, this is what needs to change. Those dude, that's incredible. Will man. And, and it wasn't always like, I, cause I used to be the same way. Like, man, I don't want ugh, feelings. What is that? Like I used to run from it, man. It used to make me mad, uncomfortable. Cause I would always want to run from stuff like that. But you know, getting older and, you know, hanging out with my kid. I'm like, man, this ain't, it can't always be like this, man. Cause you know, it just, it just can't. And you just realize, man, the health of the people that are very close to you, your daughter, your daughter's mom, her husband, their yeah. kids is more important than your pride. <sighs> then you feeling like, because it is a shot to the pride when you get told something that that maybe you don't feel like is a problem and, and you get told, hey, this was an issue for me. You have one or two ways to handle it. You can shut it down or you can accept it and and change. Right. 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 And it was it was it was it was it was unfamiliar territory. But but we, we, we got through it, man. We got through it. Um, my daughter got through it after that day. After we talked, she had a blast. I was engaged, hanging out screaming i'm yelling i'm rooting i'm pointing and she had a great time um and she enjoyed the rest of her weekend and we we, we brought it on home man so she was excited to get home but that was a very hard lesson for me it was something that i was you know uncomfortable with but something that had to happen so bluff city badass raffi jameson appreciate y'all ladies and gents we've taken up enough of your time thank y'all for hanging out thank you for kicking it with us We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Will Coleman Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co where you will find comprehensive coverage of Tiger Athletics and how you can become a contributor.